Hello dear listener, hope you're an Android developer. Welcome back to The Context, episode 18, part 2. We still talk about Android everywhere and continue our discussion by talking about Android TV and Android Auto. Uh, the next one uh, is Android TV. I actually almost got one. Uh, the reason I didn't was that I wanted to buy a Sony TV. But at the same time, uh, they had Android TV installed on the on the huge ones at this time. At the, at the time I bought mine, so basically, if I wanted Android TV, I had to bought like 17-inch screen or something like that, which was ridiculous. I didn't have that much wall space, uh, so I haven't got one. But it looks pretty nice. Uh, it it is basically like uh, I don't know a single Android screen plus some applications. Uh, I think that the current competitor that might be already dead is uh, the WebOS from LG. They actually bought the WebOS. Yeah, uh, and they modified it hugely, as I think. Uh, it, we have the, this uh, WebOS device, <laughs> a TV uh, on, uh, in our office. It looks, I don't know, strange. <laughs> but you have a pointing device. It can just uh, use a cursor on it <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why would it do it. Uh, so there was time when WebOS was a competitor for Android TV, and Android TV was a direct competitor for Smart TV. My TV has Smart TV, but I don't use it that much. But it works, I guess. Uh, I think Hannes has some experience with Android TV. Am I right? Yeah, we actually have recorded a dedicated episode about Android TV with Joe Birch. So my experience is, yeah, I have developed one app for, for the company I have worked before. Um, overall, again, it's, it's super nice to have like the same, the same Android development ecosystem. Although there is a leanback support library that allows some card UI-ish, that provides some card UI-ish um, UI components and makes basically input easier for you or handles input already for you because then a card can be focused and something like that. So that's nice, I think, but it's also hard to customize it too much. So, but again, probably that's better. So the, the overall UI of the Android TV platform looks consistent across across apps if you like it or not that's i think a personal personal matter of taste um but yeah developing an app is is straightforward again quite quite similar to what you can do with android wear you basically just have a different ui layer or different ui implementation of your app if you would like to port your phone app to tv that's that's handy from my point of view, but still similar to to iOS, uh, not to iOS, to Wear OS or Wear OS by Google. Um, I can't see too much use case for having an app on on the TV. You know, maybe Netflix, those kind of things where you can watch things. Netflix, YouTube, there it makes total sense. But I don't know. Apart from that, hmm. What yeah. are your thoughts? Yeah, basically I have a Chromecast on my TV and I just stream all content on it. And I don't think I have a use case for this type of things. Sometimes uh, we have a USB stick <laughs> and we insert it in the TV and play some local files from it. But it happens so rarely that, I don't know, it doesn't make much sense to me. Some people actually play games on Android TV, but I have PlayStation, so I just use that. Uh, I think Artem is a big fan of Chromecast and related things, so maybe he'll he wants to share something with us. <laughs> Definitely not a fan of Chromecast. Long term, like long long time user though. So I also almost got an Android TV when I was uh, getting a TV this winter. Um, not for US, but for Russia. So I was really considering Android TV, was looking into lots of reviews, uh, you know, lots of video reviews, 
read lots of feedback from users, uh, played with it in the offline shops. the reason why I didn't get one is, well, there are not so many manufacturers that do them, that make TVs with Android TV. Um, one of the best ones is probably Sony. But then I was so afraid after this experience of having like Sony Android phones, uh, you know, my friends had had lots of them. so. They never update the, they never ship updates. And I was really afraid that I'm basically going to be stuck with whatever, you know, <clears throat> Android TV version uh, at the moment of the, when I buy it and maybe a year after that, but that's pretty much it. And this is specifically concerning for me because you don't really change your TV that often as you change your phones. Uh, and nowadays I don't really change the phones that often. So it's like, you, you got to consider that. And I was also thinking and waiting, like what is more important for me, having a TV with a better you know, picture quality that covers the cases that are TVs used with, like, uh, you know, PlayStation or really good, you know, um, dynamic range and stuff like that true black color so because i can plug it something like chromecast and get most of um, functionality that i'm looking for from the android tv so because of that i got a samsung tv it has some custom os on it um it's not too bad it's not too great i specifically didn't get lg um, because they have web os and they known to be sending too much data, your personal data to third parties, which was super concerning, given that lots of them nowadays have even a web camera and microphone in them for Skype calls and stuff like that. So uh, that was a big no-no. And switching to the Chromecast part. So I'm really a long time user of Chromecast. I think I went through all the generations. Um, In Russia, I have 4K one. Here, I have uh, 1081, and I had, for a long time, I had the very first generation. It never was reliable for me, no matter which network I am. Like here, I have three damn $100 router that is able to push like gigabits of data through Wi-Fi at the same time, you know, like when you play and whatever. and Chromecast is still super unreliable. So I'm actually thinking about getting the 4K, even though my screen is not 4K, just because it has the Ethernet port, because it's so, so bad. Like, especially whenever I start a video, like 90% chance I won't be able to control the volume of it. I click and my phone starts to control its volume level, but not the Chromecast volume level or 100% reproducible in the Google Play movies because I use it to watch movies here is when my phone, uh, you know, the screen uh, shuts off and I turn it on. And if I click play or pause from the notification, 90% I got disconnected from Chromecast and I have to stop playback, disconnect it manually from the Google Play Movies and connect back and start playback again with rebuffering and stuff like that. It's so bad. I like. I think Hannes can look up the sales <laughs> of Chromecast, but I think there are millions <laughs> of users of it, and the user experience is so ridiculously bad. I'm not sure. Like maybe I'm just unlocking one, but it's unreliable in all applications I use, like Google uh, Play Movies, uh, music players, um, then. YouTube, YouTube, actually the application starts to perform (laughs) worse when I connect it to Chromecast. Like most of the time I can't even load the comments or something It's just when I disconnect the Chromecast, it works. There also was recently discovered a bug or some, some misbehavior on Chromecast that was sending some packets that were confusing most of the router. So your network become laggy for everyone. And they sort of said that they fix it, but I don't really observe any improvements 
for a long time. So maybe that's what affected affecting my workflow. Uh, but the whole story is ridiculous. I'm actually even thinking about getting a um, Amazon One, the Fire Stick or whatever, just because it's so bad. But then the problem is that Google Chromecast is a proprietary protocol uh, that most of the apps won't even support something like uh, Amazon Fire Stick. So this is another pain point I have. Like it's super hard to start some playback from your computer if you don't use Chrome. Like what the hell? Just open the damn protocol so people could connect anything to it. Nowadays, people, as far as I know, they have to reverse engineer the protocol. And like the VLC <laughs> player, and because they're so open source addicted, they reverse engineer the whole protocol and they don't accept any like help from uh, you know, Google engineers or whatever <laughs> to, to implement. They don't want to use SDK from Google to, to implement the Chromecast protocol. And it's, I don't know, like the, the whole ecosystem is ridiculous, but the, the idea is so good and I use it pretty much every day. So it's like, just fix it. Actually, the main maintainer uh, of the VLC project just hates Google that much that he just really was against integration of Chromecast support. And because of that, they reverse engineered everything they had, <laughs> they can. Uh, so that was the reason they actually went that way. I have some numbers, of course. <laughs> so... Actually, um, Samsung is dom dominating the smart TV sector by 38% market share. And they run Tizen OS on that. So no Android TV um, operating system, as, as Artem has already said before. It's not that easy to find one. So uh, a TV with Android uh, TV running on it as a smart TV operating system. And yeah... Chromecasts, 55 million devices sold in 2017. So seems to be a huge thing. Yeah. Uh, actually, I can't, I can't speak too negatively about, about Chromecasts because for me, they just work surprisingly at home. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe it's your weird Russian US ecosystem you have, Artem. But yeah, what, what I don't like from the developer's perspective, it was the SDK that you have for Chromecast. Have you ever written out an app that supports Chromecast? That was awkward. You have to discover devices. You have to, it was, it was so, I don't know, so awkward to implement the simplest use case, like just playing a video, just hand over a URL to, to Chromecast and let it play. That, that was so bad. Um, so the SDK was really, really low levelish there too, as always, but, um, by the SDKs that Google provide. So that was really, really bad. Then some Google guy or Google employee has written a tiny little library that simplified that a little bit. You know, just displaying the, the what is it called, that icon for Google Cast. You know what I mean? This icon that you have to click on in your Android app to connect to your Chromecast or stream it to your Chromecast. Yeah, so just, I mean, that was the, the pain in the ass uh, when developing an app that supports Chromecast um, because you have to send some protocol or follow some protocols where you send some, discover, uh, enter in some discovery mode and then you get some devices back, then you have to connect to that device, then you have to do some handshake stuff and then it's connected and then you start streaming and then you have to sync back and forth um, the the playback progress and stuff like that. So I really I really w would have wished back then that there is like a simple library or a simple simple call just to pass over a, a URL and it and it kind of loads and, and displays that video and automatically syncs the progress of the playback and something like that. So that's what uh, what one of those Google employee did as a, I think it was like more a side project, but then it gets, uh, it got like adopted officially and got some revamp and improvements. So uh, nowadays the SDK is much, much easier to work with. Although, I don't know, design wise, there were also some, some strange, 
some strange implementation details or design patterns applied or yeah so you have like a controller and the controller you have to extend from that controller and then you have the play fragment or something like that you can use to make it work out of the box so still a little bit cumbersome but much better than it was before and i don't know i just i don't i can't compare it to to the ios world because i have never developed for for watch uh, not watch what is it called tvos i think um but i really wish that google at, i don't know before releasing something they i don't know, i don't know would support developers by providing some either support library whatever with the basic functionality not only with the low level basic functionality but with some real world use case already implemented yeah or chromecast components yeah. <laughs> architecture yeah 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 i guess the only piece i can add is that um, like specifically youtube is a great source of you know streaming to chromecast and they somehow are able to do it very poorly. So like if you develop something for integrated with Chromecast, just, I don't know, uh, take, take very long, you know, test runs and make sure you don't change UI that much. Like when you connect YouTube to Chromecast, you can't, uh, you know, navigate to other video comments while something is playing and stuff like that. It's basically YouTube becomes different the ui becomes different which is pretty pretty confusing and yeah it is a totally different part. ui a total different well it's not like totally different but specifically the video playback becomes very different and there are some actions that you can do while you're connected to chromecast which is super annoying um yeah oh okay yeah the point i tried to make is that the the application that, that runs on your chromecast is not something mirrored from your Android um, UI or something like that. That's a JavaScript website. So you write your own JavaScript mm. web mm. Uh, front end for Chromecast. And that gets loaded on the Chromecast. Yeah, what, what I'm talking about is the Android app site, like when the app connects to the Chromecast. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Specifically, YouTube uh, changes how the app looks and behaves, which is ah, pretty, um, you know, yeah. misleading. Uh, yeah, but I, I see the point about the Chromecast app. There's also some problems with, like, you can't change the playback speed. And I'm one of the fans of not wasting my time, you know. On so you watch YouTube videos in 2x? or? Yeah, I do. And <laughs> I can't. Uh, so to do that on Chromecast, I have to cast my screen, <laughs> uh, which is uh, super unstable and drops connection. Too frequently. Now I see why Chromecast, why Chromecast setup is not working at home. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. So on Chromecast, I watch it one x, obviously, and this is like watching videos in slow motion. I don't know how you do it, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, what else? Yeah. So that part is pretty pretty bad. I, I don't know. I, I think the product. I think great. every movie director should hate you personally. Because of this. Well, I watch movies 1x, okay? Movies are typically the piece of art. The YouTube videos, they are <laughs> rarely a piece of art. There are some pieces, like, of art, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Actually, I have zero issues with Chromecasts, and I have two. Uh, Chromecast Audio and just a regular Chromecast. Like, zero issues with it. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, what's wrong with your setup, but it works in my case. And actually, I thought that uh, there is a nice thing about Android TV apps is that you don't have to manage lifecycle at all. So basically, you just open the app and close the app. Uh, <laughs> so that's nice. And do you, you have any ideas for uh, Android TV apps? Like about, uh, what about an Excel? on Android TV, just spreadsheets on the go. <laughs> I remember that Joe Birch has also written, uh, well, a blog post, or it was more like a case study for something like Deliveroo, like delivering food or something like that, mm, as an Android TV app. Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. 
Hmm. I still think just watching movies or TV shows is the strongest use case for TV or for Chromecast. Um, I don't know. Well, uh, Apple TV has this nice feature, if I remember correctly, I may be totally wrong, that uh, basically there is an app which aggregates, like an app from Apple, which aggregates all these Hulu, uh, HBO, Netflix apps and just shows your content over all of them. Or I think it, it has some search over all of them, so that's nice and it would be nice to have something like this on Android. Otherwise, Oh, that's, uh, that's on Android TV. Yep. That's on Android TV. Yep, sure. Yeah, but nice. maybe on my TV there's something wrong with my setup, but I don't know, the background. So that was also a change they did, I think, in last year's, or that has been announced at Google last, last year's uh, I.O. So the, the UI looked totally different two years ago. Now it's looking more cardish, more um, with content first rather than application first. So whenever you start the Android TV, you see now an aggregation of different sources of different movies, for instance, from Google Play, from Netflix and whatever, rather than focusing on the actual app. So I think that's what you described for, for tvOS. But somehow it's not working that, that smooth or that nice on my, on my Android TV. I don't know. For instance, the background image from your, st from your home screen should adjust to whatever the focus is on. And for me, it's, it's like always black, <laughs> which makes, makes the whole Android, uh, TV looking pretty, pretty ugly. So you just have a high, a high contrast setting. Maybe. <laughs> no, I think he runs out of memory. <laughs> yeah, that's totally possible. Yeah, but also the aggregated content. So um, app developers have specifically implemented some, I can't remember what it was exactly, but some, some searchable interface and whatever. And then they can push up to five items or something like that to the home screen. And I just have the feeling that apart from the Google apps, the other apps are not, are not doing that properly and therefore makes the whole home screen a little bit yeah, useless or not looking that nice. Okay, and let's move to the next one. It is Android Auto. I actually don't drive a car and I don't have a car. So I have like zero experience with this car related uh, communication devices and all of that. Uh, I was under impression that Android Auto was easily replaced by the Android Auto app that you can install on your phone. But uh, if I remember correctly, Artem is not a fan of this approach. So maybe he'll elaborate on that. Because uh, I think he installed a, an Android head unit on his McLaren or something like that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, sounds accurate. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think Android Auto is where Google got Android wrong. It's super limited and you can't really install the apps on it other than those that specifically support Android Auto. I think it's fine for TV maybe, but in the car, you know, like I want to... So, yeah, I want to do lots of things in the car on, on the Android because this is where the whole Android ecosystem and, like, millions of apps gets very useful, you know. Like, I want to check the weather, I want to check whatever. I want to use Tasker to automate some workflows in the car. Why not? Like, just it's, it's feel the spreadsheet on the go again. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're driving, like, 70 miles per hour. <laughs> Why not, you know, run some game on it? <laughs> so... I think I yeah, think uh, I think that when uh, uh, I think I read somewhere that Google actually just developed this platform to be as safe as possible. So that's why it's very limited. So basically, you cannot do anything with it. In, in, yeah, yeah. So imagine your phone detects that you walk and disables lots of functions. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> so it's like I don't know. It's like using a Chromebook. <laughs> <laughs> Would you use it? Probably not. Maybe for education. So maybe there are some users of Android Auto for education. Uh, it, nowadays, it's shipped in the cars, which is nice. So that was another major pain point. You couldn't really get it 
uh, till like this year to lots of like lots of car manufacturers just didn't adapt it. And I, I think I just recently talked to uh, a fellow GD about the uh, Android Auto and he said that I think Toyota is not actually integrating or Toyota or Lexus are not integrating the Android Auto because they are afraid of, uh, you know, data privacy of the users. Yeah, exactly. I think they have to sign some agreements that uh, Google will start receiving some data from the car, you know, including some really uh, technical or, you know, like driving related stuff, which is why the hell? Like it's just multimedia. Why why do you need this data? So the setup I have in my car, McLaren, yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, it's an Android unit, so you can look for them on Amazon or eBay or uh, some Chinese, you know, Amazon-like websites like AliExpress. So they have Android units, um, which fit in specifically for your car. There are some generic ones, but you can get specific ones for your car. So I got that one it has i think it's almost eight inch screen and it has pretty decent height so it fit it fits lots of content and it runs pure android 7 and it actually has google play services in it i'm just super afraid that google will ban it because they started to ban uh, non-super certified devices Uh, it has wi-fi it has usb ports on the back so you can connect lots of stuff to it like um you know, uh, a 4G router or something else. You can you can plug lots of stuff up. It also comes with some customizations, so it actually hooks into the car's OBD or ODB. I always mess this up. I think it's OBD. Uh, you know, uh, bus, so it can read some stuff like temperature. And mine one shows negative uh, 49.9 degrees if I don't start the car. <laughs> but once I start it, it shows actual. Uh, temperature around the car um, unfortunately lots of apps like torque or something they don't understand that o- obd already connected to the device so they want some separate connection like bluetooth but actually car- the unit itself has all the data about you know how the engine is running and stuff like that which is super interesting uh, to look at and yeah so my typical use case is that uh, it's actually it, it has a custom launcher which is optimized for the you know the car, so it looks really nice. Uh, it has really big touch um, areas, and it organizes the apps in a way that is pretty much how you know the best uh, multimedia car systems work. So it also relaunches the last active app that I had before I turned it off. Uh, it has some settings on how long should it keep running after the engine shutdown and stuff like that. It's pretty pretty interesting customization of Android, I would say. Um, so in my use case, most of the time, what happens is that I start the car, this unit uh, boots in about 30 seconds, which is pretty good, I would say. Um, and there are actually even better units that boot in like 20 seconds. Um, so and then when it starts it, my phone has a tasker automation that when it connects via bluetooth to this head unit uh, my phone starts to tether wi-fi and then the uh, this uh, android unit in the car connects to that wi-fi so it gets internet so i don't have to uh, have a separate you know internet communication in my car which i'm actually thinking about but i don't really suffer from from it much so Maybe I won't even do it, but potentially I could just uh, plug a separate USB like uh, 4G uh, modem to this unit and maybe even share Wi-Fi so my phone would use that, but not really required right now. So then it starts Spotify most of the time because I use Spotify and it's regular Spotify Android app. And because I'm super glad they optimized it for the tablets, <laughs> so it looks really good. Um, and I can configure lots of stuff like quality of streaming. You know, it, it downloads the music to it, its memory. So it doesn't go to the internet all the time. It shows really, really nice, um, you know, music. Uh, what's it called? Like not wallpapers, but whatever. Like the, the track has a picture typically, right? So it's, it's actually so good. Uh, it also hooks into the um, 
you know, on the steering wheel, you have these controls in most of the cars. Like you can control the volume, you can play pause, stuff like that. So it hooks into that and that works. The only problem is that there is a, like in the system settings, you can remap them to do different actions. Um, that doesn't work. So I have a mute button and it literally mutes. <laughs> so it doesn't pause and I don't have a separate pause button. So that's like, it's pretty hard when I listen to podcasts. Um, it's pretty hard to pause them from the unit. I have to actually click it on the unit. Um, so yeah, that, that part is a little bit cumbersome. It's also interesting. I remember talking to Hannes about that. Uh, so I tried to use pocket cast on the unit itself. Uh, it, it works the, like the UI works and everything. The problem is that pocket casts actually have some problems syncing the playback with my phone. So oftentimes it will get desync. So like the progress won't be matched, which annoyed the hell out of me. So what I end up using is that I actually only use pocket cast from my phone. And this Android head unit has a reversed Bluetooth, uh, you know, audio profile where it can actually play the music from the device that is connected to it. So like typically Android is a source of music, right? In this case, Android is a receiver of the music. So that, that works. Um, yeah, you can ask some questions if you have some, uh, but so far it actually, what I, the most part I like about it is that my car is not new, like it's 2010, but just by doing this, instead of like standard a media unit, I feel like the car is pretty much new, you know, like you have this piece of tech in it that makes you smile uh, most of the time and I, and you're just pretty happy about it. I was thinking about just changing car because I wanted something as a geek, you know, I wanted more tech in it and now I have this tech and yeah, that's pretty nice. Do you want to compare it with the BMW system you had previously? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I didn't have the 2018 um, multimedia, but I played with it. I had a 2017 multimedia um, in BMW. It was, uh, so actually it was interesting when I was selecting, like choosing which car brand I want to go to. I was choosing between Mercedes, Audi and BMW because I, want, I wanted something nice. Uh, yeah, don't blame me. Uh, I mean, I spent ridiculous amount of money on that. Uh, I partially regret that, but at the same time, driving at about 260 kilometers per hour is nice uh, <laughs> sometimes. So um, anyway, I was reading a lot about them. I was uh, checking out the cars in the uh, you know dealer centers. The BMW got the multimedia right. Like you can actually see that lots of uh, car reviewers love BMW system because it's so intuitive and it has zero lag. I think they write it in like C++ or something. It's, it never lags. It never drops the frames. Unlike Audi or Mercedes, specifically Mercedes is super bad. And Mercedes is like, UI is terrible. Um, so now going back to comparing the Android multimedia to BMW, obviously Android is offers you much more functions. I can't compare to Android Auto. I haven't really used it. Um, I only used it on my phone and I never liked it. Um, obviously there are lots of settings are missing in the car manufacturer system. Uh, nowadays they have support for things like Spotify, some of them. And I guess comparing Android to the car manufacturers, probably the, the best comparison would be the Tesla multimedia. I haven't used it. But from the you know videos I've seen, it's pretty pretty decent. Um, has lots of stuff like Google Maps and Spotify and whatnot. Uh, I guess it's a little bit well. It's probably at the same time like comparable lag with Android. Like my Android unit is definitely not perfect. Like it it runs not as smooth as as I would like it. It it runs pretty same like as you know, whatever Android tablet you get, it's for some reason, it's a little bit slower than phones all the time. Like it's like, it will drop frames here and there, you know, like you will feel the slack a little bit. Mm, but other than that, it basically outperforms the standard car manufacturers by miles because of functionality you can get with all the apps you can install in it. Um, so 
yeah also bluetooth connection surprisingly very stable it's much more stable than my standard um you know the standard one from bmw the all the extensions i bought uh, before i bought this android unit to get um, bluetooth running in my car before that because for some reason uh, my car manufacturer decided that bluetooth should be only used for phone calls so it didn't support media playback and that was ridiculous uh, so i was using some third party you know extenders to get that they never worked fine this one works very well that's interesting you're saying these things because for some reason i thought that android auto is actually like a chromecast screen basically <laughs> I don't know, and uh, that actually a phone or an Android device does all these things and it just casts the image to the Android auto and you're saying that it's basically a full-blown device, am I right? No, 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 no. So what I was describing is not Android auto. My unit is Android. It's customized Android, which supports all the apps. Android auto is a very different thing. It is is not what you say. I, I don't think nowadays the phone renders the thing. Uh, but well, it does. It it still does. Yeah, it's it's basically what what Arthur said. Or has it has it changed recently? I thought they like updated that to be more like Android Wear. Hmm. In okay. like your phone communicates specifically because now uh, there is a wireless support. Like in newer cars, you can get wireless Android Auto and and, and uh, Apple CarPlay. Yeah. So I don't think they do that over Wi-Fi or whatever. Hmm. Okay. So as far as I know, but I'm pr probably up, not up to date. Um. As far as I know, it still kind of renders what. So you your phone renders the UI and sends it over. I'm not sure if it really renders the UI, but it sends over the information to the to the screen right, right. of your Android Auto, and the Android Auto then displays it just and it does the same thing with input events. So whenever you touch something on the screen of your Android Auto uh, radio or whatever you would like to call it, what's what's the name of the screen of the Android Auto device, then it it transmits those those touch events back to your Android uh, device, so your Android phone, emulates the touch event somehow internally, and and it goes like that all the way, all on and on. So at least it was like that one year ago when I... Well, no, I actually looked for my podcast player that I'm working on, <laughs> which will be finished somewhere in 2013. But then it was like that. And I also tried to reverse engineer this protocol because... Um, well, I bought a Raspberry Pi and a touchscreen and I thought, oh, okay, I can, I can use the Raspberry Pi and install Android on it and use it in my car with this touchscreen touch as, a, as, a, as a monitor and then reverse the protocol somehow. Eh, it will be fun and yeah, you know, <laughs> you know the end of the story. It never, it never happened. Although some, Arthur, you sent me a link, some two or three months ago that some other guy had the same idea and reverse engineered it and it kind of works for him um, on Reddit. I think there was some post on Reddit that described... Yeah, yeah, so some guy actually reverse engineered, reverse engineered this and just put it on the Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Uh, I don't see much sense in it, so because I think you can install an Android Auto application on your phone and use it. Yeah, but it's not the same. You can't mirror it to a... To a external display and yeah, with touch yeah. events how do you get them back so that's basically what the android auto protocol does it handles that kind of things and what Arten said like um, before it was only possible to use or to connect your phone to the android auto device over usb-c cable or usb cable and nowadays i think it's also possible over over, over wi-fi or uh, cableless um yeah, nevertheless, I, it's, it's interesting to hear your setup. It sounds, sounds really good. Actually, I should give it a try, I think. Yeah, it really refreshes your car. But, but syncing, but syncing the data going. back and forth seems, I don't know. Seems, I mean, for Spotify, it works because Spotify just downloads your stuff automatically. Right, on yeah, both. yeah. Yeah, so Spotify just syncs my account all across all devices. Yeah, yeah, I see. But I... I think in general the idea of having only one, let's say, CPU and, and operating system on your phone 
and the Android Auto is just an external monitor display. Hmm. Doesn't seem too bad to me, actually, from from idea. From the practical implementation, it might be a different story, but from the yeah, idea... I, I think there is some... There should be some lag, at least from the input, because the latency is here all the time. Um, yeah, that's why they originally just started um, supporting cable, so uh, connecting phone to the Android Auto through through a USB cable because they were too much afraid of, of lagging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what I like in my setup is that I don't have to pull my phone and I can touch it at all. It just I just work with the head unit and that's enough for me most of the time. What I don't like in in UCOS they that support Apple uh, what is it called? Apple Play and Android Auto. CarPlay. Uh, CarPlay, right. CarPlay and Android Auto is that they have their own operating system, their own entertaining system. And then you have to click somewhere to go in to start Android Auto. And then the UI and the feeling is totally different from, from what it is before and switching back and forth. I don't know. That's that's awkward. So Yeah, yeah. I'm also like not a fan of uh, it's pretty much like buying a TV. You basically marrying this thing for a long time, right? When you get the car. And just as a geek, it was such a pain to find a car with Android Auto support. Like lots of them nowadays support CarPlay, but Android Auto is like not lots of brands support that. And I, I mean, that's really limiting. And also like you buy a car, it's a very big, you know, it's not, it's never an investment. (laughs) So it's like, you're just losing a lot of money. And then next month they announced that, okay, we now have a new model with wireless connection to Android Auto. Like what the hell? Can I return my car back? No. Like it's, uh, it's just this whole situation is ridiculous. And I just, I don't think that, how do I put that? It's like, if you get it, it's good. Like, but relying on it too much, it's a very good, like, questionable decision, I guess. And yeah, it's just the, the the ecosystem is a problem. Like, you cannot really extend the installed manufacturer by manufacturer. Like, the system is not extendable. Like, TV, you can buy a Chromecast, right? You cannot do that with um, most of the cars. And... That's very sad. That's what I want to say. Yeah, it's a total different industry. I never worked in this industry, but I took some classes in, at university that are related to car and manufacturing. And just the, the cycle, the life cycle of a car and, or the development life cycle is like five to seven years, you know, and not only, well, mostly hardware related, not only software related, but like five to seven, you make a decision now or maybe in a year. And six years later, it will be like, it will be produced. That's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I also think Google got Android out of wrong in another direction. So, uh, so, you know, this, uh, company Yandex, right? That is basically like a Russian Google. I heard what of they it. I <laughs> heard of it. All right. <laughs> so what you did, they did, uh, recently is they, they launched a, hmm, car rental branded as Yandex they rent different uh, you know uh, cars from different manufacturers like Hyundai or uh, I think it's also Reno and stuff like that the cool thing they they messed it up but I think it's a very great potential so they have a an Android unit installed in the car what you can do is that it has all the Yandex applications installed. So you can check your, um, you know, like mail, <laughs> Yandex music, um, Yandex weather. Yandex has lots of services, pretty much like Google. So you basically rent a car. I think in the next iteration, they will automatically, since they know that you need to rent your car with your Yandex account, they will automatically sync it so you don't have to enter your password and stuff like that, which you have to do right now. But I think that's such a great potential to uh, explore. Like you basically connect it uh, with the uh, 
with your whole uh, service ecosystem. Obviously, there is a security concern, but if they make it right, it's something that Google currently just misses. Is Google just provides a platform to run something, but this platform is super limited, and Google not really pushing it. And yeah, I think this use case from Yandex is super great. And if they explore it more and implement it better, that would be super awesome. Yeah, I see a lot of potential there. That sounds really, really cool. But reminds me a little bit to the to the Apple ecosystem where and have some. I don't know. You are locked in or not? If you're locked in, probably it's it's a great experience. But you're locked in. So we have a kind of a depressing episode. <laughs> <laughs> So everything works, but not quite as we want it to. And I think it is an issue. Is It's not an issue, it's just a specifics of Android ecosystems. That we have a software and we want to run it on every hardware available, but it means that we have to communicate with a lot of manufacturers and whatnot. So uh, we are doomed to this <laughs> for the rest of our lives. And do you have uh, some thoughts about this whole ecosystem situation among devices? And basically we have phones that are pretty reliable and still uh, the Project Treble was announced not so far ago and not so many phones actually support it, so the feature is still kind of questionable. Uh, Apple solves it, uh, Apple solves it with, with, uh, with a single hardware. They manufacture the hardware and manufacture the software and basically it works, but we are not in the same boat. Yeah, I have a question. I'm, I'm not sure, but isn't either Android TV or Android Wear or Wear, Wear OS by Google, as it's called nowadays, isn't it kind of built on, or is it a predecessor of this, of this Android, uh, what, was it, what is it called, Pebble, um, Treble project? Isn't it possible, or isn't that one of those platforms updated automatically by Google all the time, somehow? I haven't heard of it. Okay, maybe I'm totally wrong, so forget about it. Mm, I think the Project Trouble is a little bit different thing. Yeah, but I think there was something... But yeah, again, I might be totally wrong that Google is able to... or has, has some, such an abstraction layer that manufacturers are A, not allowed to modify the, the UI and user experience of that platform, and B, allows Google to ship updates all the time because there is some, I don't know, that abstraction layer, which is basically an API that the hardware has to conform to? I think, I think there, there was something like this with Android TV, but I don't remember the, the exact behavior. But still, I think uh, updates are pushed by Google, but uh, you uh, manufacturers have to like give it a green light, I think. Uh, but it's just speculating. I don't remember the facts. Yeah, I'm also not sure. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but yeah, I had the feeling that there was something like that. Um, anyways, uh, to conclude the Android car uh, topic, has anyone of you developed something for Android car? Because I have a very, very little experience there. Anyone of you want to jump in? Mm -mm. No, nothing. No, I just saw okay. some posts from uh, Novoda developers and... From Pocket Cast, where they just bought head units and developed apps, uh, but nothing else from my side. Yeah, it was really, really crazy because until I think a year ago, something like that, there was no emulator available for for Android car, uh, for Android Auto, which is I don't know. <laughs> it's really crazy that there's no emulator and people really have to buy actual devices to test their application or to develop their application. So that is one thing of the like. What I mentioned before, similar to with the Chromecast thing, where why isn't Google just shipping something without the full, I don't know, development power to, to, to make this, this system worthwhile to develop for or to, to give it some push? For now, there are very hard restrictions what you can do with Android Auto. So you only basically can do playing audio and messaging. And the main reason is security. Um, or safety reasons um, and what you do for instance for playing audio is you have to provide or you have to implement the media session which on one hand is a nice API because it works almost seam seamlessly across multiple devices and so on but on the other hand it's a little bit low level-ish too but 
Yeah, never mind. And so you have to implement this media session and then you have to make your app browsable, which means you have to implement a browser service or something like that, if I remember correctly. And then you get whenever the user types into, a, into the search field, then basically all apps on your phone, which supporting Android Auto, um, start their browser service and react on search queries and then can, can even do async operations, if I remember correctly. Um, so you obviously don't have to have a full, um, full database on your, on your phone. So you can still make async operations or queries and deliver results back through this browser service. Um, and also don't follow the official documentation examples directly because they put everything in your activities on create and stuff like that. And you also have to register intent um, uh, broadcast receivers and intent filter for the communication with your Android Auto to get the state updates and something like that. But yeah, that's basically what you can do with, with Android Auto so far. So I think we're done with Android Auto. What is your conclusion? Because Arthur, you have already started this discussion. How do you feel about Android ecosystem and especially from a developer's point of view? Are you happy with the current situation? Well, as I saw, as, as I told earlier, the issue with the, is with the hardware mostly. Because if we had a lot of users and everything worked perfectly, I think there would be a better development involvement in this. But at, the, at this time, it is not that wide, widespread, so we just have to use what we have. And maybe if there were more developers, there were a better development experience, I guess. But we, I don't know, I'm just, I'm kind of optimistic about Android Wear things. Uh, with Android Auto, like Artem said, uh, not so many car manufacturers actually implemented. So I think there needs to be a move from Google side. Uh, it is a shame that we don't have a nice Android tablet at this point. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, it is a huge like situa situation for Google to support all these things at the same time. And I'm not sure we have the resources at this point to do it. But what are your thoughts about this? Well. From a developer perspective, I like the Android ecosystem quite a bit. So for me, being able to have like one business logic and just different views, different UIs, it might be TV, it might be a wearable, it might be even Android Auto. That's, that's awesome, I think. Um, however, yeah, the hardware problem and the fragmentation is, is there, but also Apple suffers from that problem a little bit not that much but still i can see that with different devices coming in the future even apple will will struggle or even apple developers will struggle a little bit with fragmentation or something like that but at least they are on a much better control regarding hardware and just for instance gps gps on a cheap android phone is much 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 less accurate than on a, than a GPS on a on a on a much uh, um, premium sector uh, phone. I think Artem or Arthur, you both work with for companies where you rely on GPS positions quite a bit, and I think um, it's much harder for for Android developers to implement this properly than for iOS developer, for instance. But I'm I'm optimistic for the for the Android ecosystem in general. Yeah, I think Android is pretty much dead by this point. Like, auto is a failure, TV is failure, Android Wear is dying, tablets are dead. Sounds like we're pretty much done. So should we start with Flutter and the new operating system <laughs> Fuchsia? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do a Mi Band on using Flutter, like right now. Or then we need a new name for, for our podcast because the context is not accurate more anymore in Flutter. Uh, that's questionable. I mean, that's such a <laughs> common name. <laughs> but it's called Builder Context or something like that in Flutter. A Fluttercast. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Android is a great OS and 
it always confused me how Google can work on so many <laughs> similar projects at the same time. It's like they have competing teams working on the same direction. So yeah, we'll see what's up with Flutter and Fuchsia OS. Yeah, I just feel like Google oftentimes branches um, and goes into you know, branch directions and never actually put a required amount of resources into that. So like, I think they release a new chat app like every year or something. <laughs> I actually just discussed today that they probably have like this, when you join the company, uh, you know, you go through this crash course of how to develop for this company. <laughs> they probably have a chat service as an example. <laughs> and sometimes people just like publish it to production. Uh, I don't know. So, yeah, it's just Apple is doing much better job on staying focused, and I think that's what Google misses. Uh, but the Android itself is a very great platform that will outlive our, our us probably. <laughs> yeah, that's my thoughts. Arthur, some last words, wise <laughs> words. I just had a crazy thought that Apple basically solves issues using composition and Google solves it using inheritance. Like with Android TV, it has its own operating system. When it makes sense to make a pluggable device like uh, Apple TV or Chromecast, which has have a better potential. Uh, they both suffer from the same thing in, in the auto industry. And wearable is some, somewhere in between. But it's, it's actually interesting. Uh, so maybe uh, do you have some thoughts uh, and what devices would you want to have on Android? Or would you just prefer that Android would support just phone and do it good and just support all hardware and provide seamless updates if you scale it on the left and on the right? I think I would prefer just the phone stuff to be good. And anything else uh, would be just fine or just do not exist and maybe uh, provide a better experience like from gradually from the Google side. But it what, what do you mean with phone stuff be become good? Uh, well, most mostly uh, I'm talking about updates. So Google would update, okay. update the operating system and manufacturers would have only their hardware abstractions. It's basically trouble, but in real life. And maybe go with other directions slowly and just make it available. And like you said, uh, to provide a better developer experience overall. Yeah, which might be a little bit unfair because I can't compare it too much to Apple, for instance. So I did some iOS development in the past, and of course there were also some, yeah, some pitfalls. But yeah, simple things seems to be a little bit easier to do on on, on iOS from my point of view, or from my experience, which is very little, but still, I think it's a little bit easier to do with the libraries that Apple provides. And what actually I I, I like. I would like to see also from, from, from Google is that Apple is actually not only deprecating some API, but actually also removing them, which is, I, I can't remember that something like that happened on, on Android. Um, it was only yeah. with a, a page HTTP client, I think. Oh, right, right. Yeah. True. Yeah. Well, now they also going to prohibit the, you know, reflection calls to some SDK methods, which I think is very bad, actually. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. Applications are already sandboxed very well in Android. Every app is in its own user and group uh, in terms of Linux. And like, you can't hurt the system much from that sandbox. But now they want to prohibit that, which is like ridiculous. Is that really the motivation behind this? Mm. No, I don't know the motivation behind it. That's why I'm confused. Like, It's not like we use that or something, but there are definitely apps that use that and I'm using them. So I guess specifically things like Tasker, it relies yeah. on so many hidden APIs that that's why it succeeds on Android and there is nothing like it on iOS and now Google just kills this direction. I don't understand that. 
It's just sad. Uh, I also have a suggestion to Android Auto. Mm. So I think to really popularize development for Android Auto, they should just, uh, once you sign up as an Android Auto developer, they should just send you a car with Android Auto in it. <laughs> so that way, you solve a couple of problems, right? You don't yeah. have to use slow emulators. And a bag, and a bag <laughs> of money, maybe. It'd be nice. Like a suitcase of uh, money? Yeah, yeah, maybe like to, to, to get some gas for the car. That could be a good idea, yeah. So I think that will help in Android Auto Division. Um, yeah. So uh, we have nice thoughts that everything is doomed. <laughs> so that's nice. Uh, do you guys want to add anything? No, I think we have discussed, or that's all I have to discuss. Yeah. We didn't touch Google Home, but I think that's fine. Okay. And thanks everyone for listening and see you next time. Bye. Bye. Buckle.